Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam. Always good to be here. Where we're going to just try to help people today. Well, that's a good idea. I mean, let's I figured do it. we change it up. You know, <laughs> let's, <laughs> where each, every week, what we try to do is frame conversations, uh, like conversation starters, ways to look at things, actions we can take that just help us address what's going on in life better. Yeah. Hence the reason we're doing this episode uh, today as a little teaser real quick mm-hmm, enough, mm-hmm. Uh, because it's what's going on in today and what's going on in the world. Uh, this is one of those kinds of times where it seems like school's rolling for pe- most everybody should be now or past Labor Day and stress levels can just go up. Yeah. Between activity, between job, between family and, and you name it, um, everybody's dealing with some sort of stress. I mean, just it's the fact of the matter. And it's interesting because we were on, um, the coaching call for the Academy last night Mm -hmm. and I just made the comment about how you couldn't even join us because we had, we had things going on that, and I've Mm -hmm. been traveling more than I usually ever do this Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just like, man, we're just nonstop coming and going. And I think that's the way a lot of life can be. Yeah. And, and what we want to have happen is how do we find moments to escape with each other and moments to connect with each other in marriage and, in, and with our family too, subsequently. But because it's just important to maintain that contact because I think that's a restorative part of my life, at least I'll own that. Okay. Is having that interaction and those moments that we can figure out how do we navigate some of these things when seasons that we can't change that happen. But I'll talk a little bit more about what's coming up in a minute. But if you got a question or something that you've got us want us to cover, please let us know. 214-702-9565. Feedback at passionatelymarried.net. And also, if you want a chance to truly get a time away with your spouse, the registration window is open for the Passionately Married getaway next year. So... Plenty of time to get it on your calendar. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So it's June 13th through the 15th here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just north of the DFW Airport at the Marriott Westlake Dallas-Fort Worth. And go to passionatelymarried.net forward slash getaway to reserve your spot because we took a year off in 2023. So my hunch is we may actually fill up pretty quick. I would guess. And we want you to have a spot and come get away with us because it's a fantastic time together. Well, as I was alluding to earlier, coming up today, uh, I've gone back into the vault, if you will, or the archives. Mm -hmm. And there's a conversation I had with Dr. Lori Brado, who's been on the show a couple different times Mm -hmm. throughout the years. And she has some work that she's done on stress and sexual desire. Mm. And... Big factor. I feel like it's important to revisit this uh, with some tweaking I've done Mm -hmm. uh, to this, to just look at it through the lens of we have things that go on and it does impact us. Life will impact the things we want. Yeah. No matter how good of a state you're in or how, um, how much you work on things, outside factors come in and and play a role. I mean, there's things that are out of your control. And so- all of us need this. All of us need to understand the impact of stress on across the board. But, you know, a lot of what we talk about here is your sex life. Right. And so this is just a great way to look at uh, what are some of the specific things that and how it impacts our desire and what can we do about it. And then on mm-hmm. the extended content today is a continuation of our conversation. But we go deeper 
looking at some of the myths that surround our desire levels. Mm, okay. Because she's got a bunch of research she's done on this topic. She's one that's really well known for this topic. Mm-hmm. And, and so talking deeper about, you know, if you think about it, a lot of our life, our disappointments and expectations sometimes, if not a lot of the time, can be tied to myths that we've associated with whatever it might be. <laughs> it should be this, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than, is it really? Mm-hmm. And so all that's coming up today. Ladies, let's face it. None of us want to suffer with an uncomfortable bra. Thankfully, Honey Love has you covered. Upgrade from traditional bras that use uncomfortable underwire. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabric that's so soft it feels like a second skin. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash passion. Are you tired of bras that cause bulging in the back? Honey Love's bras are designed with back smoothing fabric to prevent bra bulge. Or maybe you like the more relaxed lounge bra. I recommend their V-bra. It offers the support of a traditional bra without the uncomfortable underwire. It's designed to lift and separate with molded cups, and it's not a shelf-like bra that can create a uniboob effect. (laughs) We've talked about them for a while now, and we love it because Honey Love has you covered for the everyday look, workouts and weddings and more. I mean, I'm wearing it to work today. Fantastic. It's on right now. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and get 20% off at honeylove.com slash passion. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash passion. Well, joining me on the episode today, I'm so honored again to have to be able to spend a little bit of time with Dr. Lori Brado, who... Uh, she's been on in the past where we talked about mindfulness, and and that's almost, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Lori, but it seems like that was like, mindfulness is akin to uh, any kind of medical enhancement that can happen for women for desire, that there's, there's an element, it's not like, because there's no female Viagra, but mindfulness might be close. Is that? Ag- agreed. Okay. I, and, and, I, and I often say, and I say it in my book, um, mindfulness is the most critical and powerful ingredient in satisfying, pleasurable sexual interactions. Okay. And that, that's, so that's where we went the first time. And, yeah. and that was a great <laughs> conversation just because I remember how vital and important it is because in the world uh, in which a lot of the clients I see and in a lot of the people from SMR Nation, um, what they're running into is how do we make this pleasurable for both sides? Right, mm-hmm. that it's not just a male-dominated thing for sex. Mm-hmm. That that a woman absolutely needs to get all of it she can out of it too, and and seek what she's what she finds pleasurable and enjoyable, and and life-giving even. But I wanted to have you back on the air with me because it seems like right now you've had a little bit of a thread where um, stress is a part of this dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. And and. I'm assuming nobody that's listening to this in the SMR nation is immune to understanding what stress means. And I mean, we live really busy lives and really hectic lives. But what are you seeing in uh, what you've kind of come across in the research that you're doing and access to? Um, how is stress playing out and impacting 
our lives and then particularly our sex life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad we're having this conversation, Corey, because, you know, stress, as you've mentioned, is um, I think we've just sort of accepted it as a normal part of our day to day life. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm stressed. And right. we sort of brush it off as if it's, if it's as if it's nothing. Um, and yet the research um, seeking to understand the impact of stress very clearly tells us that stress um, can wreak havoc on our brains, on our bodies. Um, and my interest is um, falls within our sex lives. Mm-hmm. So throughout the research that we've been doing over the last 15 to 20 years or so, looking at how mindfulness can be a tool for cultivating desire and improving sexual pleasure. One of the findings that's emerged from that research is um, that stress really plays a critical role. So mindfulness can directly target stress okay. um, and, and, by, and in so doing that, reducing the impact of stress sexuality. So let's dive a little bit deeper into yeah. stress. You know, we might say that um, a stress can be, say, an upcoming big event, right. a wedding, a birth, sure. a move, a new job, a traumatic event. All of those can be very, very stressful. And there's um, very potent changes that happen within our brain, okay. release of cortisol, impact on our body systems, etc. But... We also know that the day-to-day grind, the daily to-do list, the never-ending list of things that we need to get through can also um, amount to significant stress. And in fact, there's some research that shows that the impact of the day-to-day to-do list Uh can be more negative for our brains than, say, a single traumatic event. Really? So we we need to pay attention to this. Okay. It's something that we can't dismiss. I want to add a caveat just because I got a a question for clarification. Um, Is is this – you alluded to upcoming things that can create stress. And some of those upcoming things can be even things we're excited about. Huge, monumental. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. wait. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the time of this recording, it's it's right on the cusp of spring break for a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. and so there's there's this element of man, I can't wait because we're going to head to the beach or we're going skiing or I got this huge big travel plan or. But is it true that even the things I'm excited about and that kind of mm-hmm. the stress that comes alongside that versus the same on the other side of that equation could be the stress of the weight of pressure and in work and deadlines and all the different things that we could deem as um, heavy or negative is the result mm-hmm. the same on on yeah, our body? It, it, it's it's great because the 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 brain doesn't necessarily differentiate those two situations. Right. It, it on a physio- neurophysiological level, it kind of reacts as if those two were the same. It's a big to do with with multiple to dos leading up to the big to-do. The difference, though, is our thought patterns within those two situations. So as we look forward to that big ski trip, there's excitement, there's positive anticipation, there's imagining what it's going to be like to be in that beautiful place. So a lot of negative thoughts, sorry, a lot of positive thoughts and feelings that go along with it, as opposed to um, the, the negative anticipation with the negative thoughts. It can often be 
self-judgmental. Right. So will I ever get through this? What if I don't? And so the the difference between the kind of positive stressful and the negative stressful are the emotions and the specific thoughts that go along with that. Okay. But again, cortisol would respond in exactly the same way. And right. that's really what we're focused on is the negative effects of this kind of prolonged release of cortisol, which, um, as your listeners probably know, is the major stress hormone. Right. And and what does that do? Because that's the stuff that people might have heard that cortisol is the issue because it floods your brain and, and it impacts things. But mm-hmm. what what does it do? I mean, what what, yeah. what what is what what makes cortisol so bad? I guess you could say. Yeah. So cortisol in and of itself is not a bad hormone. In fact, you know, if we kind of go back into, say, prehistoric times where our living conditions were very different Mm -hmm. um, and our bodies and our brains were wired to uh, develop the fight or flight response system. And that was actually a very good and adaptive system. Totally. Um, Again, because of our hunter-gatherer kind of living situation. So if we were faced with, say, a saber-toothed tiger, cortisol would kick in and mobilize us to flee as right. fast as possible. Right. Um, and so it was a really good thing, these kind of short-term bursts through the fight-or-flight response system or the sympathetic nervous system, which mm-hmm. is what we call it, um, and it was a good thing. What we've learned, though, is that chronic release of cortisol can be very, very destructive. So first of all, um, its effects on the cells of the body and the skin it can lead to thinning of the skin. And that's also why in periods of stress, people might be more prone to have skin outbreaks, whether it's acne or eczema or psoriasis. Okay. Um, There's that impact. Also, because it's a hormone, it can interact with many of the other hormone systems of the body, right? right? So testosterone and estrogen. So women, for example, under periods of stress might, um, have, unregulated menstrual cycles, right? They miss a period, um, they might go a few months, and it's very much because of those hormone-to-hormone interactions. Cortisol also directly affects the brain um, and can impact attention and memory and learning and all kinds of other uh, brain-related processes. So small doses of cortisol is a good thing. It prepares us and mobilizes us, but it's chronic stress, the chronic cortisol that's, that can actually wreak havoc. So then what is a person to do to deal with, and this is a million dollar question, I realize, (laughs) uh, how do you disrupt the chronic pattern of this though? Because you're talking about almost lifestyle. You're talking about, uh, situational choice. Some of the things that are going to be circumstantial that you're, you know, I can imagine some people could hear this and think, well, I can't, I can't move to a monastery or I can't just mm-hmm. move out into the wilderness to where the body will reset. And now the only cortisol I need to really have is goes to back to good because the pack of wolves up in the wildlife, will, 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 mm-hmm. when they come through, it'll help me. But other than that, my stress is gone. But what are, mm-hmm. what are some of the things you've seen that we can steer towards that do help disrupt this pattern? Yeah, and I uh, completely 
validate your statement that it's, you know, it's not as simple as, well, just stop being stressed. Um, <laughs> That's stressful even of itself when you start it, thinking it that is. way. <laughs> it's, it's yet another thing on the to-do list, right? Yep. Stop being stressed at the bottom of, you know, 45 other items. Um, but I, but there are some concrete and evidence-based things that we can do. So first of all, take stock, take inventory and reflect on how you're really feeling. Okay. And if you're feeling chronically run down, low energy, difficult sleeping, uh, difficult engaging conversations, falling asleep at the wheel, um, all of these sorts of things, uh, forgetting things, it could be a sign of chronic stress. So the first thing is is, is take stock and, uh, and, and notice. Okay. Um, and if that's challenging to do on your own, um, there's... Uh, inventories that you can take online that are free. So measures of stress, you can talk to a, a healthcare provider um, a, about that as well, as long as you find someone who um, takes your concerns seriously and doesn't just miss it. So that's the first thing is, is recognize okay. um, if this is you. Um, and then we do have evidence-based strategies for uh, challenging stress. So things like meditation. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be the 30 to 45 minute daily meditation that one does now with a lot of the commercially available apps, etc. Um, it's something you can do for 10 minutes a day. I, I insert my meditation right in the middle of my work day. I close my door, put a, put a do not disturb sign on the door. And I literally take 10 minutes every single day, um, and, and do a meditation. Okay. Um, so that, that's one thing. Deep breathing is also something that you can do throughout the day. Yep. You know, maybe it's done in one to two minute bouts yep. three times a day before a stressful meeting, before you walk in the house at the end of your workday or right when you wake up in the morning. Then there's other um, more kind of cognitive or thinking related things that we can do to manage stress. Um, these are a bit more challenging to do uh, on your own and are often done better at, uh, together with a skilled therapist or psychologist or counselor, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and those really involve taking a look at what are some of the thought patterns that are contributing to stress. So thoughts such as, I can't get through this. Right. I'm not good enough. Right. Um, there's nothing I can do to improve my situation. And sometimes those thoughts are irrational. Yeah. They're not rooted in truth. Right. Um, and so we want to challenge and ultimately eliminate those irrational thoughts and replace them with with healthier ones. And again, that's sort of the essence of cognitive therapy or right. cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. Because that's getting after the whole irrational thinking, distorted thoughts. Where, exactly. Because it and this is a, this is what's so interesting to me having done this uh, in the profession for a while now, uh, along alongside some of the same kind of stuff you probably see too, that Man, even if I sit here and think, you know what, I have a lot of clarity of thought. I'm a really upbeat, positive thing. There are still situations where I will jump to the worst case scenario in my thought process. And I will be so uh, disparaging to myself and Mm -hmm. so harsh and mean and, uh, you know, just shameful of how I view me. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's almost recognizing in some regards the human condition Mm-hmm. is this idea of how do I confront life-on-life uh, life terms? I love that terminology to start mm-hmm. to see it as this is the reality of it. And when I can mm-hmm. – and even just this idea of you stopping to see it as notice it, name it, mm-hmm. claim it in the sense of, mm-hmm. man, I'm really stressed right yeah. now. I mean I just yeah. I just went to a training a couple of months back 
on brain regressions Mm -hmm. and talking about one of the patterns that you do to stop the regressions is you just literally say out loud, I am regressed. (laughs) And and that's a shift of your psyche and the inner mental world going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, totally agree with everything you've you've just said. Yes. Okay, and so if this is one of the things that's going on on just kind of our day to day living, uh, it's not at all a shock that this impacts our sexuality, our sexual desire, mm-hmm. our drive, mm-hmm. uh, all of it. So what is what are you seeing in that on the correlation? Uh, And and more importantly, are there some specific things someone can do? Because I sit here and think of irrational thoughts and distorted thinking. Man, that can wreak all kinds of havoc in our desire and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Because you get caught up in all these messages that maybe you you, you took hook, line, and sinker early that just aren't Mm -hmm. true. Yeah, and just picking up on the thread that you just mentioned about, you know, you can be smart and rational and Pro, take pride in your ability to think clearly and analytically and at the same time put yourself in a stressful situation and all of that clear rational thinking sort of goes out the window yep. um, and that's yet another impact of uh, of chronic stress and cortisol and when you have that dominance of emotional reasoning emotional thinking um, it can be very very challenging to think your way through a situation. So again, recognizing that when strong emotions and the stress response is at play, I I almost say to folks, you almost can't trust what you're thinking in that moment. You (laughs) need to set aside any decision-making, wait for the stress to come down and rethink your way through it. So to your second question, Corey, um, the, 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 the question of the role of stress in sexual desire and sexual function more broadly um, has been of tremendous interest to me and my research team over the last many, many years. And we've done a variety of studies where we actually try and quantify uh, the impact of stress on sexual desire. Um, and, and similarly, we are, have been examining to what extent stress impacts sexual functioning versus, say, hormonal changes or other more physiological uh, factors of the body. So we just finished um, a big study and we've published a, a number of studies coming out of it where we looked at low desire in women um, and we measured um, two hormones, DHEA, which is part of the androgen family. That's also the family of hormones where testosterone is part of. And for a long time, the science um, has assumed that testosterone is a major player in sexual desire. So when desire is low, it's because testosterone is low. When desire is high, it's because testosterone is high. There's a a bit more kind of credence of that in men's desire and none of it in women's desire. But we were still interested in measuring testosterone, uh, sorry, measuring DHEA. Um, And then we also measured cortisol. Um, and cortisol again is being the stress hormone and how we measured cortisol in the study was we compared when we wake up in the morning, it's healthy to have high levels of cortisol. And then over the course of the day, our cortisol levels should come down. So there's that kind of drop in cortisol. We call it the diurnal rhythm of cortisol. Wake up with high, comes down. And that's because uh, we, if we have a good stress response system, it'll bring it down over the course of the day. Okay. What we found in women with low desire is 
they woke up with high levels of cortisol and those cortisol levels stayed high throughout the day. So basically their brains were unable to regulate their stress response system, resulting in chronically high levels of cortisol. And when we looked at how that impacted their sexual desire versus um, some of the androgen hormones, we found that cortisol was a major player. So when we put all these different pieces together, um, what we concluded from that body of research is that chronic stress, probably from a young age, mm-hmm. um, that's another piece of the puzzle that we can get at in, in just right. a bit, but chronic levels of stress and our inability to regulate our stress response system is a huge contributor to loss of desire. In, okay. in women. In, in these series of studies, we only recruited women. Um, it probably is the case that a similar similar picture emerges for men, but we have we have yet to do that particular study. Okay. That's fascinating to me because you're, you're sitting there talking about it's almost um, just this. I mean, it's, it's the way it's the way we opened our conversation of that. It's busy has become a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Stressed has become a badge of honor, and yet we sit back and wonder, why are things not functioning like they used to? Or why are <laughs> things so difficult when I thought they would be easy? Because I almost see it, if, I, if we kind of wrap up this segment, I almost see it as, you know, when we, tell me if I'm wrong, for, and I don't, maybe you've researched into this arena a little bit or not, I'm not sure. But when you're when you're in new love, you know you're in a new relationship, and you get the chemicals that are in, that are produced in that, which produce that obsessive longing, you yeah. know, chemical high almost because yeah. there's a lot of correlations mm-hmm. to some of the different on the market <laughs> medications or illicit drugs you can get that have similar properties. That would seem like that's going to cut through and cover all of that, and make it to where the cortisol's not as that's not the issue. Right. That, mm-hmm. that it, right. It, it'll it'll flood that even. Yeah. And, and tip the scales. Then as that starts to subside, you get back to the normal levels of what your cortisol is in your system at that moment, which then that starts wreaking the havoc of, OK, now that can't get through it because there's not enough right. of it. And cortisol wins out and it muscles yeah. everybody else out. And yeah, that makes it that makes your issues then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, the kind of dopamine high, it's that it's that reward system of being where everything is new and novel and exciting, which happens at the start of of a new relationship. Um, And so as as sex therapists and sex researchers, the question is often, um, how do we re-inject novelty and excitement into a long-standing relationship? And can some of the hormonal effects of doing that, can you, can you reintroduce a dopamine high even in a 20, 30, 40, 50-year relationship? Okay. Um, and the answer is yes. Right. But what happens is because is we've become so kind of habitual and stagnant in patterns, also maybe reluctant to do things that are novel and new. But I would argue, and I think the science would back this up, that if we can be creative and do those things, even in a long-term relationship, it probably will overcome or offset some of the negative effects of stress. Yeah. Okay. And so, so if you could, it's almost like the goal then is 
it, because most of SMR Nation is going to be they're they're into a long term committed relationship. Yeah. That's 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 the nation, and so it's it's seeing it as I, I've got two different sides of this coin I can go after. One, I can deal mm-hmm. with my chronic levels of stress better, mm-hmm. and I can try to get my stress relief systems back to what they were intended to be possibly and yeah. some of that that's lifestyle that's choice sure. that's probably sleep and diet you know yeah i keep coming across this where i'm telling almost every client uh how's your sleep how's your exercise how's your yeah. diet because if we don't get some totally. of that stuff squared away all this other <laughs> stuff is just you know trying to put holes in a dam where there's too many going on i 100 percent agree with you Corey. <laughs> so sometimes yes. let's just make it simple to start right yeah um but then the other side of that is Okay, I could also be introducing some of this newness, some of this variety, some of the mm-hmm. novelty, some of the mm-hmm. unknowns, and yeah. and expand us that way. And so maybe through both simultaneously, we get a bigger hit out yeah. of life and our sexual in our sex life and our relationship. Yeah, and it shouldn't be stressful. So in <laughs> in a couple's quest to discover what are those new things, you know, and I want to validate that for many of the listeners, just even the thought of that might be stressful. Sure it would so, be. So start small, Okay. you know, maybe go to the library and pick up a, a book, you know, browse the sexuality shelves at the bookstore or yep. the library. Well, and some of them, the stressful move is the spouse listening to Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, whoa, okay. So, and that kind of wigs What's he trying out. to tell me? Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that happens too, but I get it. Yeah. Because that's the, and that's the interesting thing to at least in this segment with you is um, the stuff that we're also talking about has a level of stress associated with it. But it mm-hmm. seems like those are the things that on the other side, the mm-hmm. body can regulate maybe a little different because yeah. you're, you're you're dealing with you better than yeah. your environment. You're almost interjecting yourself into your environment better rather than trying to control your environment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Lori, awesome. tell tell people cuz you've got some cool things coming up. Yeah. Uh, so tell people how they can find you and then uh promote uh what, sure. what the campaign you got going on right now. You bet. So folks can find me pretty easily on Twitter um, at Dr. Lori Brado. We have been running a big social media campaign called hashtag debunking desire. Um, if you insert that into Twitter or Instagram or even um, just search on the web, www.debunkingdesire.com. Basically, what we're doing is we're taking the science that has looked at the role of stress in sexuality, um, and we're distilling it down into some key messages that people can use and implement in their lives and learn from. Um, So the social media campaign is really intended to debunk uh, problematic ideas about sexual desire, of which there are many of them that permeate our society, um, and it's intended to replace it with accurate evidence-based information. And a lot of it is focused on the role of stress. So hashtag debunking desire um, can also uh, follow us at our research website on, uh, on Twitter, which is at UBCSHR. So that's UBC Sexual Health Research. Perfect. Well, Lori, thank you so much. It's such an honor and privilege to have you back on the air with me again. Uh, and I want to geek out a little bit in the extended content with you here, here in just a second. Is that cool with you? I'd love to. <laughs> okay. Thanks again, Lori. <laughs> My pleasure. 
it's fascinating to me about how when I'm looking through times where we get a revisiting of something in the past, you know, and and as far as the episodes go, mm-hmm. that I start looking back through the catalog of our shows, Pam, and it's like twelve years worth mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. October's twelve, yeah, and it's amazing all that is back there. And so I want to, as we kind of wrap up today, mm-hmm. having visited a little bit of the past, um, I think I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, all the people that have helped make this thing happen thus far. Yeah. But also let people recognize if you go to passionatelymarried.net and you got a topic you're interested in, because uh, occasionally I'll get emails. Hey, have you guys done a show on because there's somebody that's new that yeah. found us? But at the top of passionatelymarried.net is a little magnifying glass search symbol Click on that, type it in, whatever it is you're looking for, and it's likely we've covered it. Yeah, you can you can search the episodes on keywords. So they, they are so all go there. Search it. Everything's there. Everything's on iTunes as well. Uh, however you listen, ho- hopefully the whole catalog is right there, and you mm-hmm. can search those things, whatever it is that's going on in your life, and there's just a way to easily navigate because... The intrawebs do a pretty good job of connecting and finding everything. <laughs> right. Well, as we were talking about, we can go back and find all of the episodes, all of our most recent episodes. I don't even know how far back this goes. Uh, if you like just reading content, all the transcripts of the, of the recent episodes are available at each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net, as well as all of the advertisers' deals and discount codes. You can find them at passionatelymarried.net. So please consider supporting those who support the show. Well, if we left something undone, we're counting on the nation to let us know, and then we can keep going. Yeah, speak up and join the conversation. And then we all get better. So however you took some time out to spend it with us, thank you, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>